0: as alaykum. Before uh, I begin the khutbah, if I can ask everybody to please uh, squeeze in. We're going to have a lot of people already coming. So if we can just uh, be a little bit packed, even if you sit in the middle of the safra now, but you know that when you stand up, inshallah, there will be a place to stand, inshallah. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته
1: وعليكم السلام ورحمه الله وبركاته الله اكبر الله اكبر Oh حيا حيا على الفلاح
0: Amma ba'd. Dear Muslims, in a previous khutbah, I had begun the topic of the blessings of marriage. And there is no question that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam have sanctified this union of marriage. In fact, Allah calls it in the Qur'an غليظة, A very sacred and firm contract, a covenant Allah calls the marriage a ميثاق, And ميثاق means a very strict covenant And then to make it even stricter Allah says غليظ, It's something that is very intertwined and bound together And there is no question dear Muslims that of the goals of the Sharia is the flourishing of our marriages I want you to think about that, of the goals of the Sharia. Allah wants my marriage and your marriage to succeed. The goals of the Sharia, the laws of the Quran, the Ahadith of the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam, they are all aimed in this regard. When it comes to marriage, they are aimed at increasing the love between the spouses. It is a desired and explicit goal that Allah Azza wa Jal has intended for our marriages to flourish. In fact, we learn from the ahadith that Shaytan is actively breaking bonds. Shaytan sends his minions. Shaytan sends his ambassadors to try to break the bonds of marriage. And we learn in the hadith in Abu Dawud that when a husband and wife divorce because of the whisperings of Shaytan, Shaytan welcomes the evil jinn that caused that and says, you have done something magnificent. So dear brothers, if shaitan is happy when a divorce occurs, this means that by fulfilling the marriage contract and protecting the marriage contract, we are pleasing Allah and rejecting Shaitan. It is of the goals of the Sharia that we make our marriage flourish. However, the Sharia comes with generic guidelines. In the end of the day, the work has to be done by me and by you. The work has to be done by each of the two partners. And so today's khutbah will insha'Allah ta'ala summarize five practical tips, five practical pieces of advice and wisdom from the Qur'an and from the sunnah and from the seerah and also from human experience and wisdom. First and foremost, I begin by stating that it is explicitly mentioned in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah that when it comes to marriage we do not concentrate on the faults and the mistakes of our partner this is one of the biggest issues that happens in a marriage that the good of our partner is overlooked and the negative or the bad characteristics are exaggerated Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explicitly says in the Quran that it is not allowed for a believing man to hate a believing woman, meaning a husband and wife. They should not have this. And Allah says, <laughs> Perhaps you might not like something. Meaning in the marriage, but Allah Azza wa has brought about a lot of good through this marriage. You are concentrating on the negative, but Allah is saying, You don't know. Perhaps there's a lot of khair in this. Our Prophet said in an authentic hadith, let not no believing husband hate, despise a believing wife. Meaning, if you have Iman. If you have, why did he say believing? Means if you have Iman, then allow that Iman to keep your hatred in check. Let no husband who has Iman hate his believing wife and the vice versa also. Let no believing wife hate her husband. Why? The Prophet said, if you are not happy with one characteristic, For sure, you will be happy with another. This is a very, very simple point of psychology, dear brothers and sisters. And that is, before you jump to the negatives, before you think about what irritates you, before you concentrate on what you don't like, you have already jumped over and taken for granted what you do like. You're ignoring that because human nature is you take the good for granted. We don't realize how blessed we are with our health until we don't have it, with our wealth until we don't have it. So too, we don't appreciate the good in our spouse. That good that perhaps at the beginning of our marriage we appreciated, we fell in love with, but then we take that good for granted. So Allah and his messenger explicitly have said to us, don't just concentrate on the negatives look at the broader picture and for sure dear brother and sister for sure if you have one characteristic you don't like you are overlooking a characteristic that you should like, perhaps one of you has a temper but that same one might also be very loving with the children perhaps one of you might want to spend more money than your budget allows but they're also a very loving partner when it comes to words, when it comes to emotions, why overlook the good and concentrate on the bad also within this point as well we need to point out a very fundamental problem especially of modern society and that is this notion that everybody else's marriage is good but my marriage is not good that you idealize and romanticize every other marriage and especially with the social media culture and the dramas that are what everybody is watching in Hollywood and Bollywood and all of this you get this impression that everybody's marriage is a bed of roses and then shaitan comes and says, oh, I am suffering. I'm the one in this situation. Dear brothers, dear sisters, every single marriage has its ups and downs. And don't be fooled by the outer glitter that you think you see. I will tell you on a personal anecdote. When I first got married more than 20 years ago, alhamdulillah, I've been married more than 20 years. When I first got married and I was still very innocent about marriage and whatnot. I remember there was a friend of mine who married before me. And we would think this couple is the most romantic and the most loving couple. Every conversation we had, each spouse would bring up the other spouse, praise the other spouse. We would think this is the epitome of a beautiful marriage. One day, I got a phone call from this brother. And he said, uh, Sheikh, please come to my house. It's an emergency. And I worried, I drove to his house. This was more than 20 years ago. Drove to his house. Turns out, they're on the verge of divorce. And I was shocked. I could not understand this couple, whom all of society thought is the ideal couple, the romantic couple, the loving couple. And as the conversations proceeded, I realized and they confessed that that outer shell of love and of romance, it was a complete facade. It was a complete act that they were doing in reality their marriage was in shambles for a long period of time and actually that particular couple ended up divorcing one another why do i say this because Shaitan comes to you and Shaitan says to you your marriage is bad your marriage is pathetic everybody else's marriage is good and that is not the case every one of us is struggling in our own ways and every marriage is a work in progress concentrate on what you have the grass looks greener on the other side but it is not the case every single couple has its own situations so you deal with yours and you look at the positive before you get to the negative I'm not saying there's no negative but what did the Prophet Sallallahu say before you jump to the negative look at the positive as well so in your mind you're irritated at one characteristic one attribute before you dwell on that think about at least two or three positives that your partner has and then see if those positives can cause you to outweigh those negatives my second point which is explicit in the Quran as well the second point that we learn from the Quran when it comes to these negatives yes we all have negatives Allah explicitly says when it comes to marriage Allah explicitly says try to forgive and overlook and conceal the faults of your partner as much as possible you cannot create your partner in your perfect image. Just like your partner cannot create you in their perfect image. So learn to accept your partner with the mistakes and the faults that he or she has. In a famous hadith of our Prophet which he's speaking to the men. So he's speaking in a language that they can understand. He talks about women being created from a rib and the rib is inherently crooked. Then he says to the men, you cannot straighten this rib according to your parameters, you cannot straighten this if you try to straighten it you will end up cracking it and by cracking it he said it means you will divorce the point here every man Every woman, they have a different way of thinking. Psychologically, men and women are different. And sometimes it gets frustrating for men and women to be dealing with one another when they're so different. What did our Prophet ﷺ mean by this crooked rib analogy? He meant you cannot achieve perfection from your paradigm. You want a woman to act and think and, 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 and interact with you like a man, but she's not, she's a woman. And the same with the woman. She wants the man to act and have emotions like a woman, but that's not going to happen. So accept. How each one has been created by Allah because each one has a role and each one is complementary to the other. In the Quran, even more explicit, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that oh, uh, oh you who believe some of your families and some of your spouses they are your enemies <inaudible> here enemy does not mean religious enemy enemy means that sometimes they're doing things or getting on your nerves it's going to be problematic it might cause you to have an issue even with your faith so they're your enemies then what does allah say <inaudible> if you forgive and you overlook and you cover up their faults, then Allah as well is ghafoor and raheem. This is an explicit verse when it comes to marriage that Allah is commanding the spouses to learn to forgive the other You're not going to achieve perfection Your spouse has mistakes like you have mistakes If you want the marriage to flourish you will have to perfect the art what Each of these adjectives, each of these verbs indicates forgiving, forgetting, turning over a new leaf Ta'fu, You erase it as if it never happens Forget. Forgive and forget what she said to you or what harsh word was said by him to you. Just forgive it and ignore it. Tasfahu, turn over a new leaf. It's a new day. Tasfahu literally means صفع, to turn over a new leaf. The past was the past. Let it be the past. وتغفرو, if you can neither do afu or safah, the third thing, تغفرو. remember but forgive it in your heart. Because Afu means you you don't even think about it. Tasafu means it's in the past. You're not going to dwell upon it. If you cannot get to that level, the least you can do, just forgive. And then Allah incentivizes. And Allah says, just like you forgive her or she forgives you, so too I can forgive the both of you. Don't you want Allah to forgive you as well? So in the Quran, we learn another important Tactic of marriage and that is the tactic of forgiving the partner of having a clean heart of learning to think of the past As the past and not keep on bringing it up over and over again. That is the second Quranic advice So number one think of the good before you get to the bad number two when it comes to the bad try to forgive and try to Forget number three. What if you cannot what if that issue really is bothering you? What if you cannot forgive and forget what if a mistake was made or something said or a characteristic or habit that simply cannot be ignored. What is to be done then? Allah Azza wa Jal mentions a third aspect in the Quran. And that is sulhu khair. Form a sulah. A sulah literally the term is applied to a peace treaty. A sulah means a conciliation. This is what the term the Quran uses, that the husband and wife should form a sulah. And sulah means that each party comes to the table and discusses the problem. You know, literally, when two countries are at war and a sulah takes place, what must happen? They must come to the table and they must discuss the problems very frankly and they have to reach a compromise. This in Arabic is called sulah, peace treaty. And Allah uses the same term between husband and wife who are fighting one another. And what this means Just like the husband and wife is a partnership between two people. If you want the partnership to succeed, each of the two has to put in the effort to get that compromise. No marriage will succeed if one of the partners refuses to do anything. No marriage will succeed until both of the partners puts in an effort and if you want to receive something from your spouse, dear husband, dear wife, you must also give something to your spouse. If you want to receive you must be willing to to give as well. And therefore, if you want the marriage to succeed and if you want the marriage to flourish then you as well put in the effort in fact, may I even encourage you to be the first to put in the effort. Allah says in the Quran, with regards to two people who are enemies and fighting, this isn't about marriage we can apply it to marriage. That Allah says in the Quran that it is possible that if you just you know uh, uh, be be generous and be kind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring that kindness between them you do not know your enemy can become your best friend Allah says in the Quran you do not know your enemy can become your best friend if only you show that kindness if this is about two warring people what do you think about husband and wife so before you bring up the mistakes of your partner come to the table metaphorically and literally and Express your own mistakes and desire to correct and then bring up the mistakes of your partner and see what can be done. Our Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi also gave us another piece of advice. Hadith is in Sahih Muslim. He said, and Allah gives via kindness what Allah does not give via force and pressure. Allah gives When you're kind, when you're gentle, Allah will give you what Allah will not give you when you're angry and when you're pressuring and when you're forcing. So when you're nice and sweet, when you're loving and kind to people, Allah will give you much more than when you're angry, when you're mean, when you're nasty, when you're trying to force pressure. So if this is a generic hadith in any transaction, how much more so between husband and wife? Therefore, dear couple, dear husband, dear wife, if there is an issue that is extremely troubling and it is a mistake and you cannot ignore it and you cannot forgive it, well then it must be brought up. It needs to be brought up. And that bringing up needs to take place with kindness, with gentleness. And it should take place in the right time and the right ambience and the right language. And no one can teach you how to influence your partner better than you yourself. You've been married five, 10, 20, 30 years no one knows your spouse and the psychology of your spouse better than you so if you want the marriage to succeed then you come with the love and the compassion and the tenderness that only you know your partner will appreciate and you come with a sincere heart and you use soft language and you use the language of us and our marriage and not accusing you did this and you did that because that's not gonna be helpful that is not psychologically helpful in fact if you read books of uh, a psychology and, you, and books of, of, of marital help and tips, one of the simple tips that we can use is to eliminate the accusative you and to start saying, we or I anything you want to say you think about how to change it into I when you talk about yourself and your feelings automatically you tone down when you accuse the other person becomes defensive so one example you are irritated by somebody coming home late like your husband might be working late for example and you say you always come home late you never call you never spend time that's accusative human nature when you're accusing the other person will become defensive the other person will become automatically irritated flip it around and say i feel lonely when you don't come home You flip it around and you talk about your own emotions. I feel as if nobody's here and I feel all alone when you're coming home late, you don't call, etc. All of a sudden, instead of accusing, you are now describing your pain, your suffering. And if your partner has any love, then automatically it will change the discourse. So ask yourself, dear couple, husband and wife, ask yourself, what is the goal of bringing up your partner's faults? Is the goal to vent your frustration? Is the goal to irritate your partner? Is the goal to make your partner angry? Or is the goal to bring about actual change? Because a good marriage is good for you and your partner and the children and society. If the goal is actual change, then swallow your ego control your pride and don't accuse rather speak of us together speak of your issues my i have an issue with this i am in discomfort it hurts me to see you like this and it will automatically change the discourse so the third piece of advice again straight from the quran and sunnah was sulhu khair that find some type of compromise and by the way compromise means Each side must be willing to give. Nobody's perfect. And if you want to receive, you must also be willing to give. This is the third advice from the Qur'an and the Sunnah. The fourth advice that I have for myself and all of you. The fourth advice is that one of the most important aspects of a healthy marriage is... To have quality time between the spouses is to have quality time that is meant only for the spouses private time for the family and then also for the spouses alone and we are all aware of that famous incident in the seerah that occurred multiple times that our prophet sallallahu all the companions when they're coming back from a journey he said to them you go the Medina was close by you go and Aisha and myself will stay here he didn't tell them why what would what did they plan to do they're going to do races in the sand we all know that hadith we've all heard this hadith that Aisha and the Prophet when they were outside the city the city is close by and by the way in those days the world was very dangerous you couldn't have couples going for a honeymoon or couples going for you know a vacation didn't work that way but this is the closest that that time frame would, would allow. What was the closest? When they see the city in the distance, relatively safe, the Prophet said to the Sahaba, You go and Aisha and me will remain here They all went on Just the two of them And then what did they do? They literally played in the sand They literally set a place This is where we're going to begin the race We're going to end the race And then he did it again As we're all aware And Aisha radiallahu anha, She's remembering this 50 years later She's remembering this as an old lady She's reminiscing about her youth And look at those Even though it would have been Half an hour, one hour But that quality time Aisha radiallahu anha, is embedded in her memory that once I raised the Prophet he won me, and so we did it again. And then, uh, sorry, and then uh, I won him. And then he did it again. And then he won me. And then he said, "This makes up for my loss of last of last time." This small anecdote it shows us the window that Aisha she, she, she takes that moment as precious as something so beautiful she remembers it decades later and she then narrates it to her students now in our times Alhamdulillah we can spend more than just half an hour on a race and it's a very beautiful hadith as well by the way which is very fascinating our Prophet said hadith is an in he said anything that does not have the dhikr of allah the remembrance of allah shall be considered a waste of time except for four hadith is long i'll just mention the one phrase we're interested in except for four things even if you don't do dhikr and quran and Tilawa and dua and ibadah that is an investment what one of them he said and a man playing with his family with his wife playing in every sense of the term there is the conjugal connotation no question about that the intimate connotation is here but it's also more than that our prophet played with aisha in the sand running racing this is play this is spending time notice everything that you do that doesn't have the dhikr of allah is going to be a waste of time He didn't say it's haram, you're going to go to hell. He said it's a waste of time. No benefit. But there are four things he mentioned. The other three are related to uh, horse riding and archer and others. Four things he mentioned. He said even if you don't do dhikr, even if you don't remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that is good. It's positive. It's nothing wrong with that. And one of them was, A man and a woman a husband and wife spending time together playing together laughing together enjoying together the sharia wants you to invest time and money on your family in your marriage on your spouse and in our times that we live in the equivalent would be we go on a vacation or we spend some alone time we cut off from our daily routine like our Prophet did and we do something just the two of us together to bring back the romance to spend that attention whatever is possible according to your budget and according to your time whatever is possible for our Prophet it was simply a race outside of Medina and that our mother Aisha remembered for many of us it could be a weekend retreat somewhere or even a trip overseas or whatever it might be but the quality time is so important and this is on a weekly or on a yearly basis on top of this what does our mother Aisha say she says that our Prophet that at night when it was uh, uh, after Salatul Isha she would say that uh, the Prophet would speak to her until late in the night that he would speak until late in the night you know that privacy that intimacy nobody else is around and that connection has to be there between the couple and this quality time it brings the marriage and it helps saves the love and the romance the Sharia wants you to invest time and money in that relationship because in saving the marriage you save yourself and your children and you save all of society and the final piece of advice so that was advice number four the final and fifth advice which is one of the most simplest and yet it is also Quranic you will not accomplish anything without Allah's Qadr and will and you will not get Allah's Qadr and will without making dua to Allah and following the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah and therefore one of the Quranic duas is the dua of having a good marriage and a good spouse there are multiple duas but the one that I want to put in everybody's mind is in the end of Surah Furqan that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa a'yun. That, oh, our Lord, we want you to bless us from our spouses, <coughs> from our spouses and our children, that which will comfort our eyes. So, Allah is asking you to make dua to have a good husband a good wife Allah is asking you put it in your daily routine رَبَّنَا هَبْلَنَا مِنْ قُرَّةَ أَعْيُنَ you're constantly making dua that you want a spouse that is going to be a comfort to your eyes a coolness of your heart when you make dua to Allah you are prioritizing your family you're asking Allah for a good family and along with this of course anytime you want something from Allah you must follow the sharia of Allah so learn the sunan of being a husband and a wife learn the adab of all of the acts that are related to marriage and follow those Sunan to get the baraka of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala these are five simple pieces of advice that if we follow them inshaAllah, ta'ala it will open up the doors of a better marriage we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless all of us in our marriage may Allah Azza bless me and you with and through the Quran and may he make us of those whose verses they understand and applies halal and haram throughout our lifespan I ask Allah's forgiveness you as well ask him for His the ghafoor and (laughs) alhamdulillah all praises due to Allah the one and the unique it is he alone that we worship and it is his blessings that we seek he is the Lord of the oppressed and he answers the dua of the weak dear Muslims if the marriage has issues that cannot be solved between husband and wife. I gave you five steps between husband and wife. But sometimes it goes beyond this. Sometimes the husband and wife cannot of their own accord solve the marriage. And it becomes something that other people are aware of. We have to realize that a marital issue that goes public is not something that we need to be ashamed about. Just because your marriage or my marriage has problems. It's not something we have to cover up. On the contrary, sometimes getting help from family and friends, sometimes expressing your frustration to those who love you and care about you will actually solve the marriage. And this is even in the life of the Prophet we're all aware of that incident where for one month there was some tension. For one month there was some tension. And I've gone over it in my seerah lectures. And by the way, that's a very interesting story in and of itself. Husbands need to understand this is not, uh, we don't have time for the full story, but our mothers, they're human beings. And when the wealth of our Prophet increased, I should say, when the access to wealth increased, he himself lived a simple lifestyle from the day he was born till the day he died. He himself lived a very modest lifestyle. But in later Medina, he had access to large amounts of wealth. Our mothers are human beings, and they began asking a higher standard of living. There was nothing wrong with that request. Brothers, listen to this. There was nothing wrong with that request. And had our Prophet been anybody else, he would have given it to them. But you see, our Prophet cannot live like a king. He cannot live like a wealthy person. He is Rasulullah. He is a role model in every aspect. For him to live like that would not have been appropriate. And so, when those requests and demands increased, our Prophet. Withdrew for a month because he could not give them that lifestyle because he did not want to live that life. Not that he didn't have the money. Had it been anybody else, that would not have been a problem. But he is Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Then Allah revealed in the Quran, Ya Nisa and Nabi, O wives of the Prophet, if you want this dunya, come, I shall give you as much as you want, and then let you go on your way. But if you want Allah and His Messenger, then this shall be your lifestyle. You can read the verses. Surah Al-Ahzab. What is the beautiful point here? Our mothers were not sinful for making a legitimate request. Allah did not say it's evil. Allah did not say it's haram and how dare you. They have a legitimate request. We want to live more comfortable lives. And the Prophet himself could not fulfill it because his lifestyle was not like mine and yours. We can live that way. He cannot live that way. But still Allah said to our mothers, if you want get as much as you want but then we cannot be husband wife in this in this world and every one of them chose the Prophet and a simple lifestyle they preferred the love of Allah and they preferred the love of the messenger over the love of the dunya and that's why they are our mothers the point being that incident went public all of Medina was talking about it Abu Bakr got involved with Aisha Umar got involved with Hafsa and if a marital dispute had been awkward and embarrassing our prophet would not have it wouldn't have been public news sometimes for it to go public by public I mean your family and friends you yeah, obviously no need to put it on the social media but family and friends sometimes for other people to know it is healthy and helpful and this is what the Quran itself alludes to the Quran alludes to this how and when Allah says that if the situation gets tense and divorce is on the horizon, Allah says before you get to divorce, min ahlihi wa min ahliha get two arbitrators one from her family one from his family her friends his friends one who knows her better knows her before the marriage her his interest is more with the woman and the other his interest is more with the man that he has sympathies for with the man from before but the both of them want the marriage to succeed then Allah says get them together and have them arbitrate Allah is saying bring in family and friends bring in cousins and relatives bring in people who care about you and get their advice there is nothing embarrassing if your marriage is not in the way that it should be to get help from close family from friends from those who care about you forget embarrassing this is the Quranic command and if you want a marriage to be saved you will follow this Quranic commandment and Allah says in the Quran if they want reconciliation if they want the marriage to succeed then you have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring about reconciliation between them and then the final point and this is a whole different khutbah the whole issue of the Divorce, brothers and sisters, it deserves much more than just one quick uh, allusion. But divorce is like the emergency exit on the airplane. You know it's there, but you never want to use it. You know the procedure. And everybody should learn the procedure and know it. Everybody should know it. But it's not something you constantly think about. When you step on the plane, nobody's thinking about all the time the exit and the emergency exit and the oxygen. Nobody. You don't want to think like that. If you're thinking like this all the time, you're headed for disaster. That's not the way a marriage works. Yes, there is an exit. Yes, it is a halal exit. But that halal exit is only used in case of absolute necessity. And if one needs to use it, one follows the proper procedure as is found in the books of fiqh and in the Tafsirs of the Quran. One of them being you do not jump to divorce until you have arbitration. Divorce is never done instantaneously. Divorce is never done in the spur of the moment. It's never done in the state of anger. All of this is wrong. Divorce is done with more planning than the marriage. You should plan a divorce even more if it needs to happen than you plan the marriage. And one of the plannings is that after the two arbitrators have come together and they both say, you know what, this marriage is beyond repair. Sometimes it happens. It is the case. Then when both arbitrators say, then in that case you should think and contemplate divorce and it is there at the very end of the plane. You keep it. It's not something constantly brought up. No marriage will succeed if divorce is on the table every time an argument comes up. And especially husbands, it is not befitting that you constantly bring up this card of divorce. How can a marriage succeed when you threatening to end the marriage for the most trivial of reasons follow the quranic guidelines follow the sunnah guidelines and realize that with this we conclude a successful marriage is beneficial for you and your spouse we have to swallow our egos. We have to swallow our egos for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. A successful marriage is better for you and your spouse and for children and for society and Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala has revealed the Sharia in order that our marriages flourish. So turn to Allah, follow the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah and actively work on bettering your marriages. If both of you want the marriage to succeed, Allah has guaranteed that it will succeed. May Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala may of those whose marriages flourish. Allahumma in needa in for minu. Allahumma la than I have themban illa rafarta. Wala hamman illa farachta. Wala dein illa kodaita. ولا مريض الا شفيته ولا عسير الا يسرته اللهم اغفر لنا ولاخواننا الذين سبقونا بالايمان ولا تجعل في قلوبنا غلا للذين امنوا ربنا انك رؤوف الرحيم. اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم اعز الاسلام والمسلمين اللهم من ارادنا او اراد الاسلام والمسلمين بسوء فاشغله بنفسه واجعل تدميره في تدبيره يا قوي يا عزيز عباد الله ان الله تعالى امركم من بدى به بنفسه وثنى بملاكد قدسه وثلث بكم أيها المنن من جنه وإنس فقال عز من قائل عليما إن الله وملاكد يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صلِّ وسلِّم وبارِك وأنعم على عبدك رسولك محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين عباد الله إن الله تعالى يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإتاءة القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكر الله العظيم يذكركم واشكر يزد لكم ولذكر الله تعالى أكبر وأقم الصلاة
1: La ilaha illallah
0: La ilaha illallah Astaww, i'tadilu a straightening a rose Leave no gaps in the line Allahu Akbar Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim مالك
1: يوم الدين
0: إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين انعمت
1: عليهم غيز المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين
0: امن الهاكم التكاثر حتى زرتم المقابل Kella safata'lamuna thumma, kella saufata talamun, kella la un talamuna il Maljahien, La tarra un al Jahim, suma la taruna harain al ثُمَّ لَا تُسْأَلُونَ يَوْمَئِذٍ
1: عَن نَّعِيمٍ الله اكبر
0: سمع الله لمن حمده
1: الله اكبر Allah-u Ekber Allah-u Ekber Allah-u Ekber الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ الرَّحْمَنِ
0: الرَّحِيمِ مَالِكِ يَوْمِ الدِّينِ إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينْ اِهْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمَ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ
1: غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِّينَ lillahu lam yalid walem yulad lam yalid walem yulad walem yakun lehu kufuwa ahad Allahu akbar
0: sami'allahu niman hamidah
1: Allah Hu Allahu Akbar. Allahu Hu الله اكبر As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah as alaykum wa rahmatullah Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah,
0: Astaghfirullah, we have uh, two quick announcements about uh, uh, deaths and sicknesses. One of our uh, uh, brothers, whose mother has passed away. Sister Sahira Kareem, uh, we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to forgive her sins, to exalt her ranks, to make her qabr a place of jannah, and to give sabr to the family. And we have three requests for dua for those that are sick. Uh, Brother Muhammad Nasir Ali, Brother uh, Abu Ayman Qaisal, uh, and Mrs. Sadia Qureshi. We ask Allah for shifan ajil and shifan la yugadur saqamah. We ask Allah, the Shafi, the Kafi, to cure them swiftly, to cure them completely. We ask Allah to cause these sicknesses to be a kafara for their sins and to cause them to return to normal immediately. As wa rahmatullah.